Hi, my name is Dina Farish, and I host an online community for moms to talk about mindfulness, motherhood, and all the meltdowns in between. This is the Mindful Mom Revolution Podcast. In this episode, I am joined by the Mindful Mama mentor herself, Hunter Clark Fields. She shares with us her number one tip from her book, Raising Good Humans, on how to become a more mindful mom and raise mindful, kind children. The Mindful Mom Revolution. Thank you so much, Hunter Clark Fields, for being here with us today and joining us on the Mindful Mom Revolution podcast. I'm so glad to be here. Thank you, Dina. This is great. My pleasure. I'm excited to get into this topic. Today, we're going to be talking about how to raise good humans, which is apropos because it's the title of your book that just came out. And I want to ask you, what would be the most important tip that you could give moms about how to raise good, kind, compassionate children? It is hard to distill a whole book down into one tip, but I'm going to try. When I think about all the pieces that come along with raising good humans, first we want to think about what is what what is a good human in your point of view. And so as I when I think of the what I'm wanting for my humans <laughs> is that I'm wanting them I'm wanting them to grow up with um, loving and accepting themselves as they are. And I think that's what a lot of us are missing for a variety of different reasons um, and maybe having to do with some of the ways we were raised and the sort of the patterns that are passed down are that we often, many of our challenges often come back to this piece of that we, um, we may not accept ourselves as we are. We may not love ourselves as we are. And so therefore, uh, that leads to challenges like we we feel a lot of doubt. We we have we have triggers where our kids bring up our stuff. There's all these kind of things that come up. So when I want what I want for my kids, I would want them to love and accept themselves as they are. And from that, should they have that? Should I be lucky enough to be able to instill that in them? They will go forth and know how to solve problems and and feel secure and confident people. Right? Like that's where successful life comes from and, and being reaching out to other people and, and having satisfying connecting relationships and all of that. So, so where, how do we do that? Right. How do we help them love and accept themselves exactly as they are? Well, the unfortunate, sometimes unfortunate people think it's unfortunate truth. And this comes not straight from me, but straight from Brene Brown, great researcher. We all love Brene Brown. She says, you cannot give what you do not have, right? You cannot give what you do not have. And she, and this comes from the research and it also comes from the voice of many wisdom seekers for, throughout the ages. And what, so what we want to do is we want to practice that loving and accepting ourselves exactly as we are. So raising good humans has two parts. There's this like inner work that we're talking about right here. And then there's sort of then how do you then skillfully communicate that out? Um, but yeah, that's, that's the biggest piece for me is like, how do we, how do we take care of ourselves? How do we love and accept ourselves? How do we reduce our reactivity? All of those things are really inter intermeshed. 
So how do we do that? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> <laughs> well, the beautiful thing, there's many different ways that we talk about, right? There's lots of different things. I talk about mindfulness a lot and that is really developing our awareness and helping reduce our reactivity, changing the brain, things like that. But one of the things that is universal is that whatever we're doing to, to, to make these changes, we're going to mess up. We're human. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to yell at our kids. We're going to have life is messy. It's just, is. And so the, foundation what and i talk about one of the foundations along with mindfulness that i talk about that is so so important and is a piece that we can practice and grow and make stronger pretty easily is that self-compassion piece and why self-compassion because it's the foundation that allows us then to to make other changes to then develop that love and acceptance of ourselves as we are so when you make a mistake. When I make a mistake, when lots of us make a mistake, what's the thing we do to ourselves that's kind of terrible often sometimes is like, we just berate ourselves, right? We're like harsh, that voice is mean and harsh. We've, we've, uh, we've talked about this, you and I, Dina. And, um, and that the problem with that is that in general, we kind of think like, kind of this idea like, oh, then I'm helping myself. If I'm being judgmental to myself, I'm actually going to help myself. But it, it couldn't be more wrong, unfortunately. Like, even though in our we have a kind of judgy, blaming society, it's wrong. Just trust me on this. It doesn't work. And research actually shows it doesn't work. There's uh, research from Kristen Neff from Univers University of Austin. And she it shows that when that people who are really harsh and judgmental of themselves, they're less likely to kind of take the next steps to grow and learn and, and things like that. And it makes a lot of sense. If you're trying to do something to better your parenting and you, you're doing something that's a little outside your comfort zone, you're maybe trying to change the way you speak or the way you are with your kids, that's a little different. That's outside of the comfort zone, right? And then if you inevitably are human and make that mistake and then you berate yourself well you're not going to want to step out your side your comfort zone again but if you are taking some steps to grow and learn and change and then you inevitably make that mistake and you instead respond to yourself with oh that was hard it was a tough situation you touch a hand to your heart Oh, I'm trying, I'm doing my best. This is hard. You talk to yourself as you would talk to a best friend, then you're more likely, and the research shows you're more likely to then take those steps to grow and learn and then be successful in whatever you want to do. And we can learn it. It's a type of love that we can learn and cultivate. And it might feel like weird and strange at first, but we can do it. Like say, I, I ask you to notice be mindful of the thoughts you have when you make a mistake be aware of what are these thoughts that you're thinking notice whether they're helpful and then choose you know choose to talk to yourself take a moment to be quiet and talk to yourself in your head as you would talk to a best friend it's gonna feel really weird at first it's gonna feel like this, what is this wonky you know stuart smiley ass thing that hunter and dean are asking me to do but 
that's okay. You can do a little fake it till you make it and you can practice. You know, what would I say to my dearest friend if she was feeling the way I'm feeling right now? And so this is something that we, we can practice. And there are also ways to practice it other than in that tense moment too. Do you recommend speaking to your kids about how you feel about your own self in order to teach them how to feel well and fulfilled in their own selves? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think being transparent and being real with our kids is so important. You know, when we step into this sort of role of I am mommy, mommy and this, you know, then we're kind of separating. But when we can be real, our kids really appreciate that. So, oh, I just made this mistake. And, you know, sometimes I'm really hard on myself. But right now I'm going to I'm going to tell myself I'm trying the best I can. You can say all that out loud to your kids, to young kids. And they're like, wow, great. Like they're learning right from you and what you're doing in your past. So it's really like this wonderful two for one deal. And you can say it out loud and you can acknowledge these things out loud. Then they're learning that emotional intelligence themselves. But you got to walk the talk. If you just tell mm-hmm. them to, to do it, they, they've got some pretty amazing BS meters. <laughs> They'll see right through that. It's funny. That actually leads to my next question, which is a, a personal experience for myself watching my own child speak negatively about themselves and then my reactivity was like all the red flags were going up I wanted to nip this in the butt so how do you address this when you see it emerging in your children when you hear things like negative self-talk when you hear things like doubt and limitations that have nothing to do with who they are Yeah, that's a great question, because that just arises naturally, too. And it'll, of course, arise more if they hear more of that in their home. But um, yeah, I've seen that in my kids. And, you know, I so I respond really honestly. Oh, honey, I feel really sad when I hear you saying that, because I know that you know, one part of our, our, our brain believes all these things we tell ourselves. So we have to tell it, talk to ourselves in a really kind and helpful way. So you right now, you, if you, when you tell yourself, I'm not good at math, you know, you, part of your brain believes that. So that's what I tell my nine-year-old. Um, and, and I say, maybe you can say, I'm not comfortable with it yet you know, and this is an important way. So I try to help them reframe it, but I talk about it first from my point of view. Oh, I feel really sad when I hear that. And that rather than I am above and, you know, just to bring, make it more personal. Um, And then they can start to really hear you. That's very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) I will share personally, I see it emerging in my almost four-year-old where he'll say things like, I'm stupid, everybody thinks I'm stupid. And my reactivity is like, what's going on? Why is my child thinking this way, right? Because my belief is if he grows up at not even four years old believing this about himself, how will this limit his capabilities, his potential? Yeah, yeah, so you're worried, you know? And and for you, yeah, and you wanna just like, oh, this is terrible, like the reactive is like, I need to fix this right away. And one of the things we talk about in the greatest ways to to just be kind to ourselves and also be very mind skillful with our kids is just to acknowledge what's happening in that moment before we go into mommy fix it all mode. And, and that is, you know, oh, oh gosh, honey, that breaks my heart. You're feeling really 
upset right now. So if you can open up some space for them to talk to you about it, you know, like, oh, you're feeling really bad right now. And that, I feel so sad when I hear that. Do you, do you want to tell me about it? I'm here to listen to you, babe. And then they can hopefully talk to you about it. But if, but if we, if we go in to fix it right away, then they don't have a chance to let get those things off their chest. And um, part of accepting ourselves, accepting our kids is accepting even the uncomfortable, difficult, sad parts of it, you know, and then, then they know I can come to mommy. Is the inner dialogue the same when you need to have that same sense of compassion with yourself? Absolutely. I mean, you might not talk to yourself like a three and a half year old, but <laughs> yeah, you would think, you know, you know, how would I, how would I say this to my friends? So self-compassion, a practice of it has three parts. First part is that mindfulness. You want to be aware of what those thoughts are. So you might want to pause and say, okay, what am I telling myself right now? You know, do I have to just ju- run in here? Let me pause what is this thought? I'm a terrible mother. That's what I used to think. And, um, and okay, this is not helpful. This is leaving me in a helpless puddle on the floor Two, you know, then what, how could I talk to myself in a really, how can I be kind instead? What might I say to a good friend? Oh, this is hard. You know, this is, this is tough. Um, you're struggling right now. And, and uh, you're, do, you're doing what you can, you know, what, whatever you might say to a good friend. And then the third part that I think that is really helpful is to just remember part of what that judgmental brain does is like wants to isolate us. You are like this anomaly of terribleness that has never been in the world. And that's just not true. Like, um, actually, I like to think about it this way, like in a planet of 7 billion people, at any given point, no matter what you're feeling, like a million people on earth are guaranteed to be sort of feeling that feeling. So if you're feeling these feelings of guilt and shame about mothering like that, likely there's way more than a million. So you can, so to turn that thought around of like, you know, don't tell yourself, you know, oh, Hunter, she would never yell at her kids. Dina, she would never do that. You know, in fact, all, almost home all of us have been there all these mothers have been there so many people right now are feeling this way just like i am this sucks and this is hard and i'm not alone you know just reminding ourselves of this common humanity piece like we all make mistakes we all struggle we all suffer and reminding yourself of that is there a feeling or a place we're trying to get to to know that we've crossed that threshold into being compassionate with ourselves? It's a good question. And I think a lot of times, especially with meditation and different practices like that, we think that like we're going to arrive, we're going to get to this place where we're just bountiful and blissful and every day is peaceful. And I think that there's part of my brain sometimes that still thinks that and is like, what? You're still like feeling anxiety. You still get angry. Like, of course, yes. Um, no, the truth is like you, it's a bit by bit kind of thing and that it's like a muscle you're building. So just like you're, you go to the gym and you're building that bicep, that self-compassion piece, it may not feel super sincere at first, but we keep practicing it. We keep practicing and then it starts to feel a little more comfortable and we practice and it feels a little more comfortable. And what we're really doing 
is just building a habit, a, a habit of responding. And those other ways of those other habit energies are still going to arise because they're just those uh, they're triggered. You know, those are neurons that are triggered in the brain and they've, you might've been practicing those harsh mean neuron, you know, pathways for 30 years. And so these new ones are not so easily triggered and a little bit more uncomfortable, but it's just with time and practice, you, what you practice grows stronger and it will grow stronger in you and you will start to feel that more and you'll start to offer yourselves the, the tools and the things and the time to slow down and to, to be caring and loving for yourself. This question is going to come a little from the left. Do you think that we are living in a culture that amplifies things like mom guilt, not enoughness in our parenthood, ways that make us feel shameful as moms? I think yes. Um, and, and I think we also have a choice of what pieces of culture that we put our attention on. And I think it's important to, to recognize that you know, when, when are those feelings of mom guilt and things like that? When are they, when are they arising? You know, if you spend some time away from social media, does that tend to go away? Are there certain friends, certain people you hang out with that are triggering those feelings? And are there other places where you're, um, where you're feeling more at peace and content and at home in your own skin, you know, so we can, it's like, um, we want to think of these like we're watering our seeds, right? We've got those seeds of compassion in us. We Everyone has the seeds of peace, the seeds of mindfulness in us. We all have the seeds of doubt and anxiety. Those are all really strong too, because we're just, you know, we're uh, mammals that survived. <laughs> so we got this raw, strong survival instinct. Um, so we've got all these seeds in us and we want to be like what gardeners and a smart gardener waters selectively waters doesn't water the weeds waters those good seeds and you nourish yourself you want to think about what you just as you put nourishing food in your body you want to also put nourishing food in your mind too you want to nourish your mind with things that support your higher aspirations if i were to summarize my interpretation of what i've learned over the past 20 minutes with you I can break it down into one sentence and please feel free to add to this, but from what I'm hearing is in order to raise good humans, we have to recognize the humanness within ourselves. Yeah, that's a beautiful way of putting it, Dina. I like that. Yeah, we have to recognize and nurture that, that kind, you know, we want the subtitle is... I've got it in a flyer because I don't actually have a copy yet of my book. But the subtitle is A Mindful Guide to Breaking the Cycle of Reactive Parenting and Raising Kind, Confident Kids. And there's this piece that's like raising kind, confident us because we cannot give what we do not have. So how do we give that to ourselves and then let that spill over to our kids, you know? And it works, right? <laughs> It does. It does work. Um, and and it, so it, we, it, what Raising Good Humans does is it brings together um, these mindfulness, self-compassion, inner pieces with the outer pieces of how do you skillfully communicate so you can communicate with your kids and not use punishment and blame and shame. And then what's beautiful about this is 
it is if this is new and different from the way you were raised as it was from the way i was raised it's going to be hard work it's going to be challenging at first you there's a lot of hard work in the beginning and then what happens is it snowballs easier it gets easier over time because your kids trust you they know you're going to listen to you they cooperate with you um, i've never punished my kids and it, when someone, so if someone told me I would never do that when my daughter was two, I'd think they were crazy. But we 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 talk about things, and that's about a relationship. And they they do they do empty the clean dishwasher too. So, just saying. <laughs> Thank you so much, Hunter, for being here for sharing your wisdom with us. You are one of my favorite humans, so I appreciate learning from you how to be a better mom and a better parent myself. And to how to be a better human. Yay. Yay. Thank you, Dina. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for offering this platform for moms. We need, you know, you're, you're helping people water their good seeds every time you do this. This is so great. Thank you. Thank you. Please let everybody know where to find you and where to purchase their next copy of Raising Good Humans. Uh, you can go to raisinggoodhumansbook.com. And uh, that is where you can uh, order it. And it should be out available now, raisinggoodhumansbook.com. And then you can find me at mindfulmamamentor.com. Always a pleasure having you. And thank you so much for continuing to do your work and spread your light in this world. Thank you, Dina. And thank you all for listening. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and join our free online community at the Mindful Mom Revolution on Facebook.